Norway, the country known for fjords, aurora lights, skiing, outdoorsy people, and the history of Vikings. World Happiness Report shows Norway has one of the happiest people in the world. The country also has one of the highest life expectancy index of around 81. The country tops many international rankings, including Human Development Index, Prosperity Index, Ease of Doing Business Index, Freedom of Press Index, Democracy Index, etc., etc. Some declared it as a socialist heaven, and others called it capitalism with a conscience. The country has one of the highest GDP per capita in the world, following just behind Switzerland if we ignore the micro-nations. But the country wasn't always rich like it is now. Some say it was one of the poorest countries in Europe before the 60s, and others say it was doing just fine, but it was below average in all estimates. But how did a small fishing nation become one of the richest countries in the world? Imagine a person digging the ground in his backyard and he happened to have found a box of treasure, some gold and jewels or whatever. Norway is that person. I mean, Norway is a country, but you know what I mean. Back in the 1950s, no one would have believed that Norwegian Continental Shelf, the NCS, contained any black gold, also known as, well, oil. This all changed in 1959 when gas in Groningen, Netherlands was discovered, leading to the belief that it could also be explored for oil. In 1962, a company named Philips Petroleum applied for exploration in Norway continental shelf. The Norwegian government rejected the application as it was interested in opening up the resources to multiple firms. In 1963, the Norwegian government went on even further by claiming sovereignty in an area in the North Sea and started to issue licenses for oil exploration. The drilling licenses were given in 1965 after the matters of division of the shelf with Norway and Great Britain were resolved. The first drilling in 1966 was fruitless. In fact, 200 more exploratory drills for the next few years showed no signs of oil, and the whole thing started to become hopeless, until Phillips Petroleum in 1969 drilled in a coffisk that resulted in one of the most lucrative oil fields that will later change the fate of the whole country. In 1972, the Norwegian government established a company named Statoil that declared 50% of oil license money should be state-owned. More policies were introduced that gave Statoil more power. The company was later partially privatized in 2001 and listed on the Oslo and New York stock exchanges with the Norwegian government owning 81.7% of the shares. Statoil became State Oil Hydro in 2007 after merging with Norsk Hydro, the country's main producer of hydroelectric power, followed by the company changing its name to Equinor in 2018. The government is still the biggest shareholder in the company. Norway's exploitation of natural resources is the largest and most vital industry that contributed somewhere between 40 to 70% of exports over the years. Call it a helping hand from nature, Norway could not be the country it is today without these natural resources. Norway's economy without oil would be as incomplete as Switzerland's economy without its banks. Remember that person we told you to imagine who found the treasure? That person would have wasted the treasure on booze, parties, and shiny stuff, and so would have anyone else who finds overnight wealth from gambling, lotteries, and fake treasure stories like the one we just told you. Norway did not waste that money. Norway decided to save and invest the newly found treasure. In 1990, the Norwegian government created Oljefondet, also known as the Government Pension Fund Global or GPFG, a fund into which the surplus money generated from the oil income is deposited and invested. This changed the whole game. 
The fund was created to tackle the fluctuating global oil prices and to counter the effects of the expected decline in income. If the discovery and production of natural resources could make any country rich, then Venezuela would have still been rich. Norway did not become Venezuela. They made smart money decisions. With investments in shares, bonds, and real estate of 9,000 companies around the world, including companies like Apple, Alphabet, Microsoft, and so on, the fund is managed by a division of the Norwegian Central Bank and is the largest pension fund in the world, currently having 1.2 trillion US dollars. The fund was created in the name of people. That means each Norwegian on paper owns around 220,000 US dollars. But you can't just withdraw it out of the bank and start spending on booze and stuff. The fund is supposed to be used in bad times. The government is also not allowed to just go on a spending spree, except for a 3% allowance of the fund's inflation-adjusted return. Norway follows a strong ethical sense when it comes to investing the fund's money. It has a list of companies that it would invest in and would not invest in. It will not invest in companies that contribute significantly to environmental damage. In 2019, the fund managers decided to pull out their investments in oil exploration companies even though their fund is literally made up of oil money. Would you call it having ethics or would you call it hypocrisy? However, the fund will continue to invest in petroleum companies that have significant investments in renewable energy. The decision of selling its stake in 134 companies knocked some big amounts off the combined market value of those companies. Some have shown concerns about large sovereign wealth funds, but for Norway, the script is simple. We have exploited the natural resources, but they have passed their peak time and our oil is going to end one day, so we are not going to invest in something that we won't capitalize on in the future. The whole idea of having ethics and environmental damage is not a concern for Norway. For Norway, it's all about business and watching their interests first. Oil and gas, like any other natural resources, are going to run out one day. According to estimates, Norway's current oil fields have already reached close to 50% and it's estimated to stay operational until 2050. Although there has been a push from some politicians to spend the money on infrastructure and the welfare state, the Norwegians are somewhat divided on the issue of spending the country's pension fund on other sectors. Some say that investing in other sectors is the way to save the declining economy, while others argue that it can't be the only way out. Norway is a constitutional monarchy. Population density is low with 5.5 million people compared to a huge landmass. That makes it easier for the government to manage. Norway is the second largest exporter of seafood after China. The long coastline, wide seabeds, and preferable climate conditions provide Norway to capitalize on the seafood industry, which is the second biggest contributor to its GDP. Atlantic salmon, trout, codfish, mackerel, prawns, king crabs, the country's biggest seafood exports goes to the European Union countries. The country introduced salmon sushi to Japan back in the 80s, who were keen on sushi, but salmon sushi was a new thing back then. Maritime goes hand in hand with the seafood industry, and Norwegians have been sea people for their entire history. Despite being one of the biggest oil producers, Norway is not powered by oil. The country's 98% of electricity comes from hydropower, which is 65% of domestic energy use and consumers are inclined towards electric vehicles in recent years. The country plans to lead the world in renewable energy and estimates to have 100% renewable domestic energy by 2030. Inexpensive hydropower also makes it easier for the country to export metals, papers, and chemicals. 
Even though it's an expensive country to visit, tourism continues to play an important role. According to a report in 2018, tourism contributed to around 5% of the GDP with every 7 in 100 people throughout the country working in the tourism industry. Beautiful landscapes, ski resorts, fjords, Viking museums, tons of mountains for hiking and exploring, polar nights and midnight sun makes Norway a complete package hard to resist. Norway has a very high cost of living and it's a big downside. Other than the house and rental prices, grocery prices are much higher compared to around the world and even compared to its Scandinavian neighbors. The country known for creating the world's first cheese slicer, service providing industries like restaurants and bars, etc. is very expensive. Some new-to-country people can't overcome the sticker shock. The country has put high taxes on alcohol, tobacco, and sugar. Alcohol is not cheap in the country. Some people take trips to Sweden to bring some food-packed luggage, including meat, alcohol, and groceries. Addicted to grandiosa pizza, eating out in restaurants is less frequent in Norway compared to other countries. Newcomers in the country are often most outspoken about the expenses, considering the relocation expenses in the country are huge. Contrary to popular belief, Norway does not have a free healthcare system. It's partially true. Everyone pays for the prescriptions of doctors and appointments, but it's up to a limit of around 2,200 krona. After that, it's free. This is to ensure fairness, as everyone pays, but only up to a limit. And if someone falls seriously ill or comes under a category where more medical budgets are needed, then they don't have to worry. Contrary to popular opinion, the country has no minimum wage set by the government. But salaries are high, even at the lower end of the pay scales. But so is the cost of living. Norwegians say that they are not nationalistic, but that's highly arguable. They prefer to hire Norwegians over others for many reasons, including language proficiency. Oslo is different from other cities as it has the largest number of immigrants. Just like many other countries that claim to be open and diverse, it's not hard to debate that the Norwegians are closed off compared to other countries. Divorce rates are very high in the country, and the unconfirmed reports of high promiscuity rates also rank Norway high on the list. As the oil will deplete one day, economists have even talked about Norway's economic future as a tax haven by attracting foreign investment similar to Switzerland. Norway voted no to inclusion in European Union through a referendum in 1994 by a very close margin. While many countries proudly give examples of Norway's high corporate taxes, it drives away many entrepreneurs to the UK and other European countries to find better financial conditions for business. Norway would likely have to lower the taxes for business to attract a non-oil economy in the future. Norway is currently suffering from what is referred to as the Dutch disease in economics. The Dutch disease, simply put, indicates a relationship between an increase in the economic development of one sector, like oil, compared to a decline in other sectors. But on the bright side, the country has done so well when it comes to the creation of the pension fund that can also be used in bad times. Also, the country has done very well to realize that the oil money would end one day and they would have to start working on a post-oil dependent economy. What can you learn from Norway's economy? My dear ravens, save and invest like Norway. It does not matter how much money you earn, but what you do with that money is what matters the most. There would be times in your life when you will get more money than usual. At that moment, don't just get excited and spend it on shiny things you don't even need. Instead, make smart money decisions and save and invest it for a better outcome in the future.